So I'm excited about what I'm sharing. It's, it's changing my life. This love stuff, I mean, there, there's nothing better. There's, it fixes everything. You know, it's snake oil. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you can just take this stuff, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll just it'll fix everything. It really will. And so I, I just don't want to brush over it, though, you know. The problem with snake oil is if you take one sip and you set it back on the shelf and you say, I, that didn't work. You got to keep taking it. You got to keep taking it. You got to keep taking it. And I want to know this stuff. I want God to show us stuff. So, Father God, show us your heart. Show us who you are. You are love. You are the answer. You are everything that we could ever need. And, Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to see in a, in a fresh way this thing about you. That is so deep, it's so wide, it's so high, it's so low. It's beyond our ability to see it on our own. But by your spirit, you impart it to us. So we receive of it today by faith and claim that we will be changed more into your image in this regard. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're talking about who the winner is. And what do we say the winner is? It's love every single time, isn't it? You can have everything else. But if you don't have love, it's a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. Oops. Uh, let's see here. Praise the Lord. I, I, I started in the middle of my presentation. Boy, we got, I got some good stuff for you here today. Can you, can you get your fast receiver on? I'm going to go as, as quickly as I can here. So you're not going to read that later. So don't worry about it. You don't have to go looking for your glasses. All right. Just give me a pair. <laughs> right. so, so we've been looking at this, and, and we established, the first week we established that, again, that you are nothing. I, I like this. It's just, it, it doesn't, it's not halfway at all. It's completely. You are nothing without love, right? And you gain nothing. <laughs> you could acquire the whole riches of all the earth, and you would be nothing without love, right? Everything's so temporal anyway. We're not going to live here that long anyhow. You've got to leave it all here and go to heaven where they paid the roads with all that stuff that you think is so valuable down here, right? Uh, so, and, and then we, went, we, we kind of skipped a little bit. We went a little bit further because we saw that, that if we're going to grow up in this stuff, we're going to have to be willing to let go of things and not, and, and not be a child anymore, right? And in the middle of this, he somehow it sounds like he starts on a different sermon. He goes on a rabbit trail or something, and he doesn't. He's saying, no, this is what I'm talking about. If you're going to grow up in this, you're going to have to put away some childish things. And so what I wanted to do was set that up because every time we go into something else, let's keep this in mind. We're going to have to let go of some things, right? All right. And then last, last week, remember, we talked about patience. It starts off with that. So, cause I'm going to establish some rules here. First of all, you don't get to use a clock, which will completely disable love. You have to take out the clock. There's no end to it. Somebody can't do something enough times that disallows them from receiving the love that you have to give them. Aren't you glad that God demonstrated this towards us? He, did, he doesn't have a clock. And when he talks about time, we saw this. When he talks about time, he says, one day is a thousand years to me. So you might as well just say a million years. You just might as well say eternity. Let's don't start calculating God's time because it, he's, he's saying there is no time. That's what he's saying. 
right? Especially when it comes to love. So we don't get any hooks. We, we don't get out of this at all. Love always has to happen. When you stand up and you say, <laughs> now and forever, that's a commitment that is a God commitment. When you stand up there with your wife and you say, I, 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 I vow to honor you and to love you. And for some reason, God had to provide the clock for the people that refused to commit their, to, or to keep their commitment, right? But when it's God talking, he says, there's no, there's no end to this, right? So the second thing in the fourth verse there that he goes into is love is kind. So I'm going to talk about kind, being kind today, okay? Now, um, sometimes when I think about being kind, I'm just, it, to, to me, it's, it's almost like an adverb. I don't know if you, uh, when you think about being kind, it's like a, a way of actually being. And, and it's interesting if you go in and look at, at the, at the uh, oh, I didn't even get you there, did, yet, did I? Uh, when you look at the, uh, the original word for, for kind here, my, my, uh, my Bible app has a really cool thing. It shows you how many times it's used in the Bible. This word, this is the only time it's used in the whole Bible. Is that kind of interesting? Um, if you find out different, let me know. But that's what my, my Bible app said. And what it, it said is it, it's, it's not an adverb, it's actually a verb. Now, really, it's probably be kind. But when, you're, when it says love is patient. So when I'm thinking, it, I, I'm thinking it's describing something, and it's actually saying it does this. It's an action. And so it's, it's to show oneself useful. And we'll see some examples of this today. It's to show oneself useful, to act benevolently, or to be kind. So our understanding would be to put those two words together and, and make it be kind, which would be a verb together, right? Is that a verb phrase? Is that what that is? Man, it's been a long time since I've been away from what those things are. Are you doing it? Are you guys into English? Do you like English? <laughs> I, was, I was good while I had to be. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that, you know, it kind of sinks into your, your ear, and then, it, you know, you just hear it right. As long as you didn't grow up in southern Texas, then you never did get it right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you learned English correctly, you didn't. All right, I won't stay there too long. So, it's an action that is actually going out of something that you can do that's going to be a help to somebody else, right? Sometimes it will be a gift, sometimes it will be an action, sometimes it will be doing something for somebody that they can't do themselves, right? But it's always an action. <laughs> so, it's, it's not just don't be mean, Sometimes when I think of being kind, I'm thinking, that person's just really, really nice. Somebody that's kind, oh, they're, they're just really kind. No, a kind person sees something that needs to be done that they can fulfill, and they fulfill it. Right? That's what being kind is. And again, let's go back and say, okay, it's interesting how, how it's, it's put in, in the Bible perspective, because 
you know, it's, it's really easy for me to be kind to certain people in my life. You know? I mean, I'm not as kind as Hunter, but I mean, what? <laughs> uh, I wasn't actually... <laughs> Uh, I was actually talking about Lindsay. Uh, uh, I'm saying, she's just so sweet, you know? If she needs something, you think, man, I gotta, gotta bless her, you know? <laughs> but people in your life, too, it's like, like your kids. That's, that's a no brainer almost, isn't it? You just, you, you, you're kind to them uh, if they need something special, you know? We've been talking about being a parent to, to, to kids. <laughs> I met this. I met this. Uh, met this seventy-one-year-old lady yesterday, and I was I was talking with her about kids and stuff, and how, uh, you know, you just never stop being a parent to kids, um, because her fifty-one-year-old son was living with her actually. <laughs> so partly, partly why we went down that road. So we were talking about kids living with parents still, and we were kind of understanding that you know that even though you, it's not what's necessarily supposed to be, that's what you're going to do uh, to a certain degree willingly. Sometimes love will say, "No, I'm not going to," because it's in your best interest that I don't. But but there's that willingness of your heart. And we're, we're just talking about the willingness to be kind. It's something you want. You, you certain people in your life, you just will do that, won't you? That's why it's almost not a command to be kind to your family. It's not, we're not told to be kind to our families, are we? It's not demonstrated in the Word of God as much. What we're, where, where love becomes a command is when it's not natural, when it requires faith, when it requires a nature that's not yours otherwise, when it's God's nature in you that's accomplishing this and not something you can do, right? Because the world around us right now is, 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 is full of love wins, and what this means is that you, out of the goodness of your heart, should just let everybody be the way they are, and you should just support them in the way they are. And there's a certain amount of that that I want to touch on today, that there is a certain amount of that that is true, that I think we need to embrace ourselves. But also, there's people in your life that might, and man, we're going through a period right now, is can you almost taste hate in the air? I mean, these days, <laughs> you can almost, there's just such, is, is vitriol, is that the right word? It's just, it's just such anim, animosity and, and, and it, it's such a, it's, it's such a con, contentious atmosphere, right? And you know, <laughs> it, some people, you know, there's different races, there's different groups of people, and, and, and once you're in a certain group of people, it's really hard for you to let go and even have a nice thought about somebody else on the other side. Is that true? <laughs> and you can stay in your own camp. I mean, as long as we're in the, on the Broncos side of the field, man, it's all slapping them on the bottom and, you know, hugging them and, you know, that's what guys do, you know, when they're, when they're tough, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's when they're supporting, you know. It's like, I guess somehow a pat on the bottom helps you to be supported. I don't know. It gets you going, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. You got to run. Yeah, it makes you take off, I guess. <laughs> but, but, but 
you get me on the side of the, you say, now you have to go over on the, on the Kansas City Chiefs side of the field, and I'm going to feel really awkward. I'm going to feel, and they say, you have, to, you have to give all the Kansas City Chief uh, players drinks of water, and, and, and you get them a drink, and you just kind of really are tempted to spit in it, you know? <laughs> now, it's not that bad, but you know what I'm saying? And in this, in this political atmosphere that we have right now, it wouldn't matter if certain people hung the moon just because of who they are and which side they're on. There's a lot of bad things going, and there would not be even a consideration to be kind. You see what I'm saying? But this is not us. I'm talking to us. Even though I'm, on, I'm really heavily on one side of some things. I have to start looking differently about the people that are on the other side because I can have some, I can think, it's, it's a heart thing, right? And what we're commanded to do, it, there's no clock, there's no sides of the field, it's all the time, right? Love is all the time. And it says, be kind. So we're going to look at some examples of this, but let's go into the, to Nehemiah in, in the Old Testament. He says, Remember, God has said, I love it that God doesn't say, you go do something I haven't done. He says, you go do something because I have done it. Right? So he's talking about that they, he's describing, you know, how he took them into the the wilderness. He took the children of Israel into, into the wilderness. And you know what? These children of Israel were whiny babies that were, we're more secure in being slaves than being free, aren't they? And God delivers them from Egypt, and all they can do is bellyache, right? I'm t- they were on the, actually, they were against God. They, they were on the opposite side of the field. They were Kansas City Chiefs. Can you imagine? <laughs> that was supposed to be funny, but. But you know what I'm saying? They, they were on, they were against God. God, and God did destroy some of them. You know when he did destroy somebody? It's when they came against the ones he had anointed. You know, you can come directly against God and get by with it sometimes, but when you come against his anointed, it becomes very dangerous. Right? That's what happened in the New Testament too, right? People were lying to the Holy Spirit, saying they were doing something. That no, you, you don't get away with that, right? So anyway, it's talking about them. It's talking about the children of Israel. They and they refused to obey. Neither were they mindful of your wonders, which you did among them. It's talking to God, right? But they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion, appointed a captain to return to their bondage. I believe he's talking about Korah, right? But you, but, aren't you glad for the buts in the Bible, right? Slap a few buts. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> that just came out. Sorry. Well, I'm going to pay for that later. This keeps us all connected anyway, right? But, but you are a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of what? Great kindness. Now, what is, again, what is kindness? 
It's not somebody that's sitting on the, on the sidelines. It's somebody that's actually, he, he was, he was, he's going to do what it takes for all these whiny babies, Kansas City Chiefs, to actually make it to the promised land. He's not just, he's not just forgiving them for what they've done. He's going to take their descendants and go ahead and take them there in spite of them. Right? <laughs> and he did not forsake them. You know, it, it, read the rest of this chapter. It's kind of precious what God does. He, he fed them every day. He guided them every day. That's, that was his kindness towards them. He could have he, he he withdrawn his presence. Remember what, what Moses said? Moses said, if you don't go before, or, or uh, uh, yeah, it was Moses, wasn't it? If you don't go with us, we just might as well not go. It might have been Moses' prayer that kept God there, you know. <laughs> but he didn't. He, he said, no, I'm, I'm a kind God. This is, this is what I'm doing towards somebody that's on the other side of me right now. He actually only had a couple guys, didn't he? Well, three, I guess you could say. And then, thankfully, all the babies that were born. You know? All these babies weren't, weren't so impressed with slavery like their parents were. And they actually got to see God every day. Their, they, their lives were dependent upon God. So they were able to follow God into the promised land. Um, so, so this, this being kind thing almost has a connotation that it's going to be towards somebody that you don't get to be kind to naturally. It's going to be an enemy. It's going to be somebody that's set against you naturally. This is going to have to be a work of the Holy Spirit. It's going to have to be a change of the heart that you can't accomplish on your own, right? And so Jesus talks about this, right? He, and he's so, <laughs> he's hanging on the cross for the soldiers that are nailing him there. You know, talk about kindness. But love your enemies I like this. It, it, it puts it right in the, in the right way. He says, loving. It, it's, it's, loving is not an, an armchair uh, <laughs> uh, task or, 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 or action, is it? It's not, oh, I just, you know, it, this is the same way with God. You don't get to sit back in your chair and say, I just love God. Or you think about somebody in your life and you say, I just love them. No, love is doing something, Right? says, love your enemies, but don't sit back in an armchair loving them. Do good to them, right? Lend, and money gets involved, hoping for nothing in return. It's like you do it as if you don't even consider whether anybody's seeing you do it or not. You're doing it for them. Can you see how it, this whole love thing is just a complete loss of self? And I like how perfect love casts out fear because if you get completely lost from yourself, you can't be afraid of losing anything, right? And your rewards shall be great, and you shall be the sons of the highest, for he is kind to who? The unthankful. I just really think that it's interesting. He doesn't say he's kind to his children and the unthankful. No, he, he says I'm, uh, he's kind to the unthankful. He didn't even talk about his children because that's natural. That's already a given, right? 
No, this love thing is going to have to be a transformation of the heart where you don't ever even begin to disqualify anybody from receiving from a good thing that you need to do or something you need to give, right? Man, this is good, isn't it? Uh, this is fixing me. Well, <laughs> it's in the process. Aren't you glad we're not done? This is an ongoing thing. But I, I, I want to challenge us in this. Let, let's make this a daily thing. Let's let, let's let love be a, a, a daily quest. There's nothing else in the Word of God. <laughs> well, let's do it all, but there, there's no going anywhere else without love. God's showing you something today, but what about love? Right? Let's let love be the, the foundation. The fundamental every day. Let's get this chapter. Let's read it. Let's say, God, show me. Renew this in me. This is something I don't do by myself. I need, your, I need, I need you to make this happen in me. I am love by faith. I'm going to look like love by faith. Therefore, be merciful even as your Father is merciful. I like that again. Be merciful because your Father is. Don't you like that? Ephesians 4.32. This is one, the one that I was forced to memorize as a, as a young boy because I was full of male DNA, as Braden would say. Rebellion was bound up in my heart. And, and uh, I like to fight with my sisters. Anyway. So, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another again, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So there's this forgiveness that has to be connected with kindness. Because in order for you to be able to act in a way that, that love demonstrates, right, that is the goodness, that is the benevolence of love, there has to be a a forgiveness, a pardoning of however you've qualified an enemy to be worthy of some of your spit in their glass, right? You have to forgive them of that and say, even though they're a chief, I know that Jesus died for them, and it's not about me, right? Two times a year we have to go through this. Okay, so I've, I've got some stories. Can I just read some stories? I think this is good. And this is something that all Texans can relate to here, all right? That's a pickup truck, right? Even women drive pickup trucks around these places, these parts. So let me read this story to you. Um, so you can kind of meditate on that pickup truck while I'm reading the story. It's not a diesel, I'm sorry, Michael. Is it? It can't be a diesel, can it? No. It's a big old gas tank on that thing. After spending a long night driving the day before, Iowa resident, Iowa resident, Todd Steinkamp left his hotel around 5.30 a.m. to make it to a funeral in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's quite a piece. About half an hour into his journey down back roads, he noticed a small grinding sound coming from his front tire. By 7 a.m., he still had 70 miles ahead of him but the noise was so loud that he knew he had no choice but to stop. Steinkamp figured that, what do you think it is, Michael? There you go. Steinkamp figured there was little chance anyone in Wild Rose, Wisconsin, 
A tiny town with a population of 725 could help so early in the morning. Still, he took his chances at Lauritsen Sports Auto Repair Shop. Spotting Glenn Geib stocking the shelves, Steinkamp asked for help. Giving Steinkamp a once-over, Geib asked why the other man was dressed up, so dressed up, and Steinkamp explained his dilemma. The mechanic checked out the car and told Steinkamp what he feared. The wheel bearing was failing. Fixing it would take a few hours, except for in Michael's. It would have been 30 minutes at Michael's, but anyway. But there was no chance the car would make it that distance without repairs. Distressed, Steinkamp started racking his brain for a backup plan. Could he rent a car at, at such uh, short notice? Guy checked in at the store across the street, but its only rental car wasn't available. Finding another place to rent would require a 40-mile drive. Okay, another picture for you all. Stay hooked up on it. There's the two people, Steinkamp and Guybe. See, the guy there on the left, he's the one fixing to demonstrate some. <laughs> My wife isn't too supportive. All right. <laughs> I must have looked pretty stressed out at this time because Glenn then reached into his pocket, pulled out the keys to his own vehicle and said, take my truck. need to put on a different voice, don't I? Fill it up with gas and don't turn on the emergency lights and get going. Steinkamp wrote in a Facebook post. With a smile, Guybe added that the truck could go 120 miles per hour if needed. <laughs> don't miss these 21 other... Oh, 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 that, that was not... Then... <laughs> that was an ad. That was a link to watch some... Read some more. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's have fun. All right. The men had just met. The men had met just 10 minutes before and didn't know each other's names, but Guybe insisted. Steinkamp hopped in the 1999 Chevrolet Silverado, complete with tools and split wood in the back, <laughs> and made it to the funeral. When he came back to the garage seven hours later with a thankful heart, he stuck around to chat with Guybe. The 74-year-old mechanic with a grip of steel turned a terrible day into a good one with a great lesson, Steinkamp wrote. Just be kind and help if you can. This thing is, is something that is very natural for good people to do to people that they see on a natural basis. So there's actually something in place now that um, you've probably heard of it, random acts of kindness, and it encourages people to have random acts of kindness. And that's kind of, kind of nice, but um, the Bible tells us to have continual acts of kindness, doesn't it? Right? <laughs> to people that we might not like what they look like, where they're from. Kansas City Chiefs, there you go. Sheesh, I got to go act on this now. <laughs> All right, all right. So I, I, I'm just gonna. Uh, actually, there was there was there was a couple other little stories that I, I wanted to tell you real quick. I'm just gonna do, give you the abbreviated versions. There was one where, um, I mean, you can go online and you can find a whole bunch of these, but it just uh, 
demonstrations of this. Uh, one guy was in a in a parking lot, locked his keys in the car, and was you know he was he was getting all frustrated, standing outside his car. And there was a, a there was a, a kid riding by on a bicycle and said noticed that he had locked his keys in there. He said, "Well, he said, uh, how far away is your house? Can you you know where are your keys?" He said, "Well, they're at my house. I, there's an extra set at, at home." He said, "Well, uh, how how far away is? It? Well, it was a few miles away." Um, Say, well, well, give your wife a call. Let her know that I'm on the way. Said, show me, show me how to get there. Show me where your house is on my phone so I can get there. And uh, waited for a long time. The kid finally came back with the keys. And uh, guy wanted to thank him, wanted to do something for him. He said, oh, no problem. I needed the exercise anyway. Just rode off. You know, those kinds of things. There was another one that, that kind of hit my heart a little bit, too, because, you know, there's a lot of things going on in our society today that I don't agree with on a moral basis, but these people are still in the middle of these things. Some of these gender issues going on. So there was, you know, you can read some of these stories, and some of these are actually bent to support the continuance of somebody in a condition, and I consider it to be a condition because the Bible talks about it that way, Right? But they're still people. They're still in need. So there was one story on, on, on this one that I, I, I saw. It's about a, a girl that had just come out in high school saying that she was trans. It was her first uh, attempt to go into, uh, it, was a, it was a boy turning into a girl, I guess. Um, a first attempt to go into the opposite gender bathroom. Now, I'm not in favor of all that, you know. But I'm saying, God, show me how I need to love somebody. I need, I need to be kind, not, not, not judgmental. Because what they need is salvation. They don't need my judgment. Jesus didn't come to judge them or to, to condemn them. He came to save them. So it was kind of interesting. The story that was told was, was um, so this person was really not that adept at putting on makeup or anything. And, and, and somehow... There was this other girl that came into the place, and, and so this, this person that had, was, was making the change or whatever was embarrassed and, and was, was feeling, you know, uh, like she was going to be attacked by somebody else. And she had her friend there with her that was supporting her, but this other girl came into the place, and they, they thought for sure that they had noticed her and that she was going to make a big stink and, and you know, go complain or something or, or even say something personal that was derogatory. And the girl looked over at him and, and she came over and started making suggestions about makeup. She said, you know, I've got this right here. Why don't you go ahead and use this? And, and you know, the, I, I, I get it down here at this store and it's a really good deal down. And she was just kind. No, we don't have to be mean, <laughs> you know. This is somebody that, that you could judge. You could, you could condemn. But I thought, you know what, I, I, just, I just believe that that girl was a Christian, you know. And the girl, so this, this person, I guess, had been a boy, becoming a girl or whatever. You know, God help. Help us. Help all of us, right? But, you know, they changed her hair color, and she's kind of embarrassed about it. And, 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 and so this other girl that they were worried about said, oh, I think it's great. I, that, that just looks, you know, instead of putting her down, she just, she just encouraged her. 
I just thought I would mention that. I, I didn't even know if I should share that. But, but there, that, that's an element, isn't it? Jesus, Jesus went out where he shouldn't have. He, he, was, he was accused of going out and, and hanging out with publicans and sinners, wasn't he? He was, he was accused of, but he wasn't, he was there to be kind, to love them, right? Remember Zacchaeus up in the tree? They'd come down, I'm, I'm coming to your house. Well, that sounded like Zacchaeus was going to do something for, no, that was, that was Jesus doing something for Zacchaeus. He was honoring him like he wasn't somebody to be condemned, but somebody to be loved, right? When does this clock stop? It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop with anybody, does it? Amen? Okay, so you might be familiar with this. This is actually, there's a movie made about this, which is the first movie I ever got to go to because it was a Christian movie. And I was afraid of Jesus coming back if I was in a movie theater. A lot of times when I was growing up. Anyway, that's not very nice. But this is a story about Corey Tinboom, And I don't know if you know of this, The Hiding Place. Um, it's not as, hasn't been around for a while. But there's a story in here. Uh, just, just describe this a little bit. Her, she was, uh, was it Dutch? I think she was Dutch, right? Um, and her father was a clockmaker. And he was an older, older man. And she had an older sister, too, that was quite a bit older than her. And they, they hid Jews in, in the clock store of her father um, in, the, in the Second World War with the Nazis. And um, they ended get, I think they got ratted out by somebody, and they ended up going to, to a concentration camp. Um, and in the concentration camp, her older sister actually had a, a health condition that, that caused her just to... Just to decline naturally, instead, you know, it's bad enough just to be in a concentration camp, but she was, she was just really declining physically, and um, so in the concentration camp, these these uh, guards were just brutal. They would just beat people. Well, her sister was not able to fulfill certain uh, physical demands that they were asking her to do, and so they would beat her for not being able to do it. And so her sister had a, a, a very precious response to that. She forgave him, and she prayed for him. And this was something that Corey Tinboom did not ha- could not do for a long time. And so let me just read through this if I can, because I thought this was such a good example of this for us to maybe relate to to some degree. Because when we're told to be kind, when it's, when it's related to love, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be something that's not natural. And it's going to be something that God enables us by His Spirit to do. And there's a reason why. And we'll kind of see this too. It was November 1944, and, and Corey was stunned by the, the look in, in uh, Betsy's eyes. So Betsy is her, her older sister, okay? Uh, full of love and compassion, even for the Nazi guard who was beating Betsy unmercifully. She had love in her eyes for this, this guard. Corey Tinboom, younger than her beloved sister uh, Betsy by nine years, could not stand by and watch any longer. She would never forget the hate on the Nazi woman's face as she whipped Betsy violently again and again. Where did such hate come from? Suddenly, Corey knew the answer too well. Seeing this latest injustice, just, uh, injustice towards someone she loved, hate, even rage, rose up like gall in her own heart until she was close to choking on it. 
Corey and Betsy had grown up in a household of love and compassion, kindness and faith in God. Hate was an enemy they had never met until now. How would these two amazing women deal with a world that seemed bent on hate? It was a harsh winter in Germany in 1944. Corey, Betsy, and hundreds of others were forced into hard labor at Ravensbrück Prison, a Nazi death camp for women. The 16-hour days of backbreaking work with little to eat were literally killing many of the women. Betsy, born with pernicious anemia, grew weaker by the day. Seeing her collapse to the ground, Corey ran to Betsy's aid, only to be pushed violently aside by a cruel matron, others called the snake. To Corey's mind, the beating was the last straw. A devoted Christian woman, but how could she continue to turn the other cheek? While another person she loved so cruelly was so cruelly mistreated, the brutality and deaths she had witnessed caused a deep bitterness to grow toward those who purposed to cause pain. Finally, Corey just wanted to get her hands on that Nazi guard and pull her away from Betsy. But other prisoners held her back, fearing more retribution. Restrained now by the arms of women who had as much reason to hate as she, Corey's tears boiled over. The beating had finally stopped. The snake threatened and ordered all the women back to work. But Corey was still reeling from the scene and rushed to comfort her now bleeding sister. I hate that woman. Corey stopped, puzzled by the look on Betsy's face. Don't hate, Corey. Pray for that woman, Betsy whispered. They know how to hate. And look what it's done to them. You can't protect me here. Corey, you must try. How do you pray for such monsters? Corey wept. She had trusted the Lord since she was five years old and had never seen the face of evil as here in this place. Jesus warned believers, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. This is one of his biggest tricks, right? Here behind the ominous barbed wire fences of Ravensbrook prison, the smell of death was all around her choking her with a hatred she had never experienced. Joy had always defined her life. How was she to deal with such evil? Corey remembered the words of Apostle Paul to believers. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Corey was the strong one, feisty even. Now she definitely wanted to make a stand. But is that what Paul was saying? She loved the Lord and was often steadied by Betsy's wise counsel as they grew up. Betsy was right. They were here in this place of death to bring hope to others, not to hate, not even the Nazis. The Bible tells us that in the last days, people will be offended and there will be much division. Hearts will turn cold towards others and hate will abound. That people will be as as we see many becoming in our world today. In Luke 6, Jesus said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. On her knees, Corey asked the Lord to forgive her and to give her the right heart toward these enemies. She prayed the infection of hatred in their hearts would heal also, that they would learn to love again. If our adversary, even the devil, can cause hate to eat at our souls, then we have already lost the battle. Hate steals any compassion we might have for another soul while it steals 
our own peace. That's why kindness is so essential for love to survive. Because love, uh, kindness requires forgiveness to be coupled with it. And then you can reach out, you can pray, you can do something that's going to make a difference. There's a story later on, and I'll just uh, make this small also. I know this is going, I'm, I'm getting quite a bit in here though, aren't I? I told you to, to go fast with me. Um, so later on, she actually got out of prison on a clerical error. Her, her father and her sister actually died in prison. But there's a clerical error. You know, the, the Germans were so, <laughs> so everything had to be just right, you know. And they made a mistake with her, and she actually got out. Um, so she survived. And she was actually, she would go around and start, you know, she, she told her story all over the world. They made a movie about it. She wrote a book. Um, and so she, she was actually in this place, and she saw a guard that had been in the prison there at Ravensbrück. I think it was actually a male guard, as I recall. And she knew that he would not remember her because, I mean, there were thousands of people there. But she went up to him, and, and, and he actually related to her that he had become saved after he would, he'd given his life to God afterwards. And she still at that time had to deal. In that moment, she had to deal with actually going up and touching him, knowing what he had done to so many people. And she had to draw on the love of God. It's something that has to be done by faith. It has to be done because Jesus did it for us. Amen? But it's something that we have to do. There is no love without kindness. There's no love without forgiveness. And there's no love that doesn't include our enemies or those that would not be acceptable to us otherwise, right? And there's no love that if it's, it's something we can do on our own because it's on a billboard somewhere. We love because Christ loved us. Amen? Is this good? Okay, I've got one more, I believe. Actually, yeah, this is a passage here. We're going to go verse 3 through 7. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, boy, this is good. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. You know, there's a purpose in this kindness. It's not us just overcoming ourselves. What was the purpose in Christ's love for us? So that we might become heirs. There was a purpose in Betsy's love for those guards. Some of them became heirs. They might not have without her. There were guards standing back watching, watching this person loving in return for beating. You know, there's, there's a purpose in the kindness that God wants to show through us. And it's, it's somebody that's having a trouble with their identity. It's somebody with a, having a trouble with who they are. And so they, they act out in a way that is, is, is not acceptable people. And so people reject them. 
Well, how are we supposed to act? We're supposed to be kind. Amen? With a purpose. Because they have the same promise of an inheritance that we do. And their hope of it is not just magically through the air. It's through us. Right? The world will know that we're his disciples if we have love for each other, but also for the world. Amen? Okay. First Timothy. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full, full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example of those who would believe in him, for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. I just stepped back to the patience one a little bit, didn't I? But that's, there's a purpose in this. It's, there's a purpose in where God wants to take us in this. Amen? Is this good this morning? Father, we need your help. We need to love. You know, can you, can you see how Jesus said all those things in the, in the law, they're taken care of if you love. You start doing something. You, you, be, you start becoming active in doing good and being benevolent and caring for somebody and meeting a need that needs to be met that, that has no promise of reward. You're busy doing that? It's kind of hard to answer the call of your flesh to go fulfill itself on sin. Is that right? If you're, if you're, if you're busy with an outflow of righteous love, it's kind of hard to be consumed with intaking uh, evil and the taint that would allow you to become, to act in an evil way, right? So the whole law is fulfilled. As we act on these things, knowing that there's nothing more without it, that we have to let go of some other things that are, we're used to judging people by what we're going to do for them, right? Taking the clock off, it's for everybody, and then making kindness not random, but continual, amen? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the truth from your word. We thank you for, Lord, your Holy Spirit right now because we lean on that big time. Lord, I thank you that you give us things from your word that we can share as best we can, that there's stories that we can share. But, Lord God, we, we just lean right now. We say, Father, we don't want to miss out on your heart for us today from your word. Not what just Pastor Steve had to speak from his mouth. But we want it to be from your heart. We want to be transformed. If there's something childish in us, we don't want to hang on to it. We want it to be put aside. Help us to not be armchair lovers. Help us to not be kind from the, from the inside walls of our homes. But help us to learn how, Lord God, to... To be active as you were towards us. And Lord, we just speak that there will be inheritance experienced by people that we have yet to meet. That there will be people that are having an identity problem. 
that their that their emotions and their psyche is is being overwhelmed by lies and by by misrepresentations that the world would put upon them or, or offer them. And we just pray, Lord God, that there would be a, a way out for them. A way out and a way in to that place by your side where they can know who they are. They can be a new creation in Christ Jesus. They don't have to be afraid of what anybody thinks about them. They don't have to take their own life because they don't like who they are. But they can be loved by those who have been loved by you. Each one of us, Lord God, you can take us to that place where we're not, look, we're, we're not self-centered as we go through our life. We're not worried about what somebody else is thinking about us so much so that we miss out a way that we might minister to them might reach out to them. Help us, Lord God, to not be random in our kindness, but to be continual. Take us to that place, we pray. We know that it's a, there's a progress you want to take us to. Help us to grow up in it, Lord God. Help us to put aside anything that would not be. In each one of our hearts today, Father, I, got, I pray that there would be a, a, a heart of repentance, Lord God, a willingness to say, I'm going to turn from what you're showing me I need to turn from and I'm going to run towards what you give me to run towards I'll be affected by you today for your glory for your purpose fulfilled Lord we declare purpose fulfilled in each one of us today that we're affected by your word hallelujah hallelujah Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this plan that you came up with, Lord God. It's so much more, so much better than a plan of warring and, and hating and, and everything that the world would come up with as an idea. Thank you that your answer was love. Your answer was Jesus. And that we are completely fulfilled. We are complete in you. As you take us into this realm of love. Lord, we, we want to put on the feed bag also for where you're going to take us yet. Help us to be hungry for how we can grow in this. So that it might not fall on deaf ears. But the seed of your word would grow in hearts. Bear great fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.